Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Leonard Mason at his home in Yark Hill, Herefordshire. Recorded by Henry Law on the 28th of May 2021. Interviewed by Tim Warren. Edited by Henry Law. So you're Leonard Mason. Yes, Leonard yeah. Francis Mason. And born I'm, in 1924. I was going to say, in people, South London. People in your in your voice won't realise you're 97. I just want to say you're 97. That's you know some yes. big age. So born in 1924. In Peckham, SE 15. What date? 21st of March, first day of spring. So you're born in Peckham. Yeah. Can you remember the address? First one was Borland Road. We lost that house. We got kicked out. And we got a house in Downham in Bromley, okay. council house. So when you say you got kicked out of Borland, can you Yes, remember? the owner of the house wanted a lot more rent and, you know, the old, the old trick. Constructive uh, dismissal. So we had to find another house. You're one of two, aren't you? Yes. You had a brother? Yeah. Yeah. What was your dad's name? James. James? James Lampkin, L-A-M-P-K-I-N. Yeah. It's a family name of some kind. So is he James Lampkin Mason? Yeah. Not free ones, just yeah. ordinary most. And what about your mum? Her name was Grey, part Welsh family, part Welsh, part Irish. So what's her first name? Beatrice, Beatrice. So yeah. could, do you know where they met? Well, they would have met around Peckham after the First World War yeah. sometime, because yeah. my brother was born in 1920. OK, so you're the younger. Oh, yeah. So your dad born in London? Yes. So he's a Londoner? Peckham. Oh, he's a Peckham boy? Yeah, they're all Peckham. So your mum would have marched in from Wales and met your dad in Peckham Yes, she might have asked. I don't know how they came in contact, but But no idea. We had aunts as well in Peckham. My mother's sister's in Peckham. Peckham and Morden, her family. Sort of Morden, Surrey. So you remember visiting family on Sundays or...? Not a lot of visiting and the families, no. My father's family was a bit funny about his marriage. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, the old granddad used to walk past the door of the house because he only lived out the road. Really? But didn't come he in? He never acknowledged us. So it's your granddad? That, that was all. I never knew the other one, my mother's family. So they he... all died before we were born. So uh, it's only my father's family and they lived up the road, just up the road. Yeah. So you'd see him walk past, but he wouldn't come in? No, no. Wouldn't talk to you. My uncles were all right. So your dad had brothers? Oh, yeah. Well, they were supposed to be 14 in the family, but a lot of them died at birth, I think. Yeah. Mm. And two yeah. went to Canada. The girls went to Canada because they married Canadian squaddies. So got spread out in the end, left Peckham? Yeah. OK, so when you were in Peckham, can you remember going to school? Oh, yeah. We used to go to school in Broccoli, okay. SE4. So yeah, you... I went to school there, junior school, which is 0 to 14 in those days. And you either went to work or you... Or you found another school, which I did. So can you remember anybody from school, teachers, names, or...? I remember Slugger Sullivan, he was... Slugger Sullivan? <laughs> he sounds like a nice bloke. Yeah, yeah. and Jimmy, Jimmy Day. So were they, were they kids or were they teachers? They were teachers. Teachers. Mm. Jimmy Day, Slugger Sullivan. <laughs> sounds like something out of the Beano. Yeah. yeah, he was our uh, sports teacher. So you're quite sporty at school? Did you like the sport at PE? Yeah, we played a lot of cricket. Didn't play football, played a lot of cricket. Yeah. We had a good cricket team. And uh, I used to go to a normally bike, of course, yeah. right from a very... 
say, drive from your years house. Five years of age, I was on my bike, early along with my brother and another lad, yeah. all going to the same school. I say, so your brother with you, at school with your brother? Yeah. What was your brother's name? James Patrick. So James Patrick. So if you get to 14, James is all, must have gone by then. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he was, he was at work. Yeah. So if you get to 14, you go to another school. Where did you, That seems a bit of a... Lewisham. Lewisham. So what were you doing at the second school? Uh, commercial subjects, you know, um, books, figures. Yeah. Accountancy and stuff Accountancy, like that. Numbers, yeah. And, yeah. and shorthand. And, yeah. So yeah. how long... What extra school did you go for another year or...? I was there about a year when the war started and they wanted to evacuate. Yeah, my dad got back. And they wanted to go to battle, Hastings. Yeah, Hastings. Battle. And I said to my mother, I'm not going there. And my father got me a job. What was your dad doing? London Transport. Yeah. He stayed all his life. Well, after the First World War, he got a job on London so Transport. So did he fight in the First World War? Yeah. He I did, mean, yeah. He was wounded in the First World War. Yeah. So you got a job at 16 to avoid being evacuated to battle, yes, which your yes. mum wanted you to do? She didn't bother, because she knew I was having, getting a job. So I started shift work at 16. <laughs> so if you were starting at 16 w- with your dad, is, w- is it with your dad or...? He was, he was on the transport. He was yeah. in another station. I yeah. mean, you know, the old underground system is not like today. There's only two-thirds of the station then. So what were you doing on the underground? A booking clerk, oh, or okay. ticket office. My father was a senior clerk at another station, but I was... Start- Elephant and Castle, I started. Yeah. So I was there all during the blitzes, both Elephant stations, you know, the Bakerloo and the North and like yeah. so. Um, mostly on the northern side when the blitzes yeah. were on. And... Yeah. So people still using it, regardless, the tube? Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, it's only when the raids started and when they got really vicious, they used to close the tunnels up. Did you ever know about that? No. Yes, they shut the tunnels off, yeah. the bank and London Bridge, for example, Waterloo, Charing Cross. There were big doors that came across electrically driven and they closed the subway off so the water couldn't come out in case the river got damaged. So, so there are other kids in there at 16, or was it just you and...? No, no, I was the youngest in there. Yeah. Yeah, they were all older than me, sort of my brother's age. So eventually they all disappeared, of course. So where did your brother, did he, where did he work? What station he was at. Oh, your brother was on the trains as well? Yeah, doing the same job. All of you, yeah? Yeah. So what station was he at then? I don't know. I think he was in, in West London somewhere, Piccadilly or Leicester Square yeah. so or somewhere. So he was doing booking office as well? Yeah. Yeah. Same job. Your mum wasn't there as well, was she? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. So are you still living at home? Oh, yeah. I was living at home until I was called up in 42. OK. February 42, I was called up. Still 17. So if you're going to get called up in 1942, do you know that's coming? Oh, yeah. Everybody was by 18. 18 was the calling up time. So your mum and dad obviously knew it was coming and be worried. Oh, yeah. And obviously your older brother, was he four years older than you? He was already out in the Far East by yeah. February. Do you get a call-up paper through the post or...? Oh, yeah, it all yeah. comes through the post. In fact, you get a, you get a letter warning you you're going to be called yeah. and you're asked if you want a choice. Uh, stay at home, please? Uh, yeah, you could <laughs> opt out, of course. Yeah. You Pass could become a country, conscientious objector, yeah. So when you get called up, do you, do you know where you're going? As in oh, what? yeah. Obviously, the army's a big thing. I asked to go in the Navy and they said, no way, your occupation is wanted in the army. That's, that was what they said to me, you see. So I said, right I went to Chichester. 
down near Sussex. So they, they said you'll come <laughs> into the army. They don't say, obviously, the army's a big thing and does lots of stuff. You don't know what you're doing in the army. I didn't know what I was going to no, do. You're just going to go no. into the army and you do something. You just go into the army, you get bunged a uniform at you and two or three yeah. blankets, yeah. and then you're on square bashing for about three weeks. Yeah, what a laugh. Yeah, what a laugh. <laughs> with Sully <laughs> Sullivan. Rifle drill and all the rest of it, yeah. you know, playing about with bayonets and all the rest. And obviously you're with a gang of blokes who are all totally new recruits, so no-one oh, knows yeah. what square bashing oh, is. Oh, no, all, all green, all green. Into shape. Yeah. So you've left, so you've obviously, you've, you've left home now. So oh, yeah. Yeah, you've left yeah, home in a big with fat home, bang. Yeah. From, finished with home life. But obviously if you're signing up, I suppose you... I didn't sign anything. <laughs> yeah, but then you go there, but did, they, did you know when you might be coming home or...? You'd... I knew that my job was safe. As in at the station? Yeah, it was compulsory. So you went to Chichester, 1942? Yeah, 17-odd. Yeah. Barracks. So do you... A few weeks there, square bashing. Yeah, are you assigned a regiment and or...? This is the funny bit. I was sent to an armoured regiment. An armoured regiment? I was a booking clerk. I was a clerk and I was sent to a tank regiment. <laughs> See, where, I said, where's, where, where's the numbers and tanks tie up? Someone was saying, yeah, it's, yeah. They wanted recruits. So you didn't choose... You're cannon fodder, aren't you? Yeah, exactly, yeah. So you didn't choose tanks, they just say... Oh, no, I didn't choose anything. Just do as you're told, yeah. No, I didn't choose anything. I said, you'd take yourself off the cataract in Yorkshire and... Yeah, so you went to Chichester, square bashing, and then up to Yorkshire. Up to Yorkshire, cataract in Yorkshire. And who, what part of the army, what's your regiment or whatever it's called, or...? It was just an armoured training corps. Just armoured training corps. Yeah, RAC, Royal Armoured Corps. Okay. Yeah. And they were just, you know, just training crew recruits, came so, from all parts of the country. Had you driven a car before? No. No? So, no car driving, no. bit of bike riding, let's but do the Before you're next. allowed on an on a armoured vehicle, you go through all the small cars, large cars, lorries, and then you're allowed... And actually, a tank is easier than driving a bloody lorry. It's so. just got a big gun on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're all oh. trained as drivers, and I was trained as a driver and a wireless op. And so I was a DO, driver up. So you were Leonard Mason, DO. DO, yeah. yeah. So what did your brother do in the war? What was he doing? Not tanks? No, he was anti-tank. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously he did a different department at the train station. That's so bizarre. Yeah. Anti-tank and tank. Yeah. So when you went to Catterick, how long were you in Catterick doing your training? What was your basic training in Yorkshire? I had quite a long time there because I, uh, the cookhouse, you know... Not very good. And I <laughs> got yellow jaundice and I went yellow. Eyes went brown, yeah. piss went, colour of yeah. brown ale. You know, you're in the mess. You've really knocked you over. Yeah. And I was sent to Middlesbrough Hospital. It was crowded with blokes with yellow jaundice. So what's that from then? Just Bad food. When I was developing the yellow jaundice, I was on top of a... Churchill tank and I fell off the bugger because yeah. I was so weak. Yeah. I could hardly stand up at that stage. So anyway, I fell onto the ground and I ruptured myself. So I went to the hospital in Middlesbrough with yeah. the yellow jaundice and a rupture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they That's did it. nothing about the rupture. And had some more bad food. The hospital was all fish. Oh, was it? Yeah, fat-free diet. Nobody, nobody had any butter yeah. or milk. Yeah. Oh. And we yeah. just had boiled fish. Boiled <laughs> fish. <laughs> Delightful holiday. Yeah, it was just, just <laughs> as bad as having a yellow jaundice. <laughs> and then from there, after I got over that, I went to a convalescent for three weeks. That's just another load of square bashing. 
And, and before you can leave there, you have to run up this bloody great hill and twice outside of Halifax. What, to prove you're well enough to...? to prove you're fit enough to go back, yeah. So then you proved your fitness... I went back to Richmond then in Yorkshire, which was another yeah. Armoured Corps training yeah. place. And I languished about there, still learning driving and learning... So when you, you know, say you're staying in Richmond, in Richmond's quite a polite Yorkshire town with a square, are you staying in a tent on the outskirts? Or oh, you on the bit? outskirts, yeah. yeah, yeah, on the moors. Yeah, these so, camps were always on the moors. And they always tented? You, no. So they're actually buildings? No, we were in buildings. Oh, OK. So yeah. some luxury, mm. as yeah. in... Yeah, huts, wooden huts. Wooden huts. Listen huts. Yeah, OK. Mm. Do you remember any names from your Catterick days? Or is no one that you st- stuck with you to the end of the war from there that you knew a Welshman very well? Yeah, can't remember. His name. He was always coming out with rhymes, most of them very, you know, yeah. iffy. Iffy. <laughs> it's obviously you you just get slung together with a big gang of people you've no idea yeah, who they are, room, where they're about from. About ten in a pound in a room, you know. Yeah. So you've got to share your private space with nine other guys you've no, never met No, you didn't have any private space. Yeah. <laughs> any barracks are only several blokes and you're on tears and your clothing is just... If your clothing you're not wearing goes in the kit bag, that's your, that's your wardrobe. That's your private space. <laughs> that's your wardrobe. <laughs> so when they say you're good enough to go off somewhere, yeah, well, at they, what point...? They then sort out somewhere else for you to go and I was yeah. posted to Worthing to a regiment called the Royal Scots Greys. They were a cavalry regiment, hence armour. Yeah, so with Cavalry regiments became armour. So um, I joined this regiment who had just been brought back from Italy. They were 8th Army and uh, they were all Scots, of course, very broad Scots. Yeah. Yeah. But it was great, it really was. I mean, I know they were rough, yeah. obviously. I mean, they had already had three years of war from Cairo, you know, from 39. They were in Palestine in 39 on horses then, so they gave up their horses. So so some of that lot started on horses then, switched them. September 39. So they had from all the desert campaign, Sicily, Italy, and then they came to Worthing, and that's where I was posted. So obviously you're turning up from Catterick, you're fresh as a daisy, you've... Stayed on the, yeah, the green, British Isles. Green, yeah. And you're meeting people coming back the other way. Yeah. So what sort of thing are you thinking? Oh, they were very experienced. Yeah of, and, yeah, of all sorts and everything. So are they talking about that? Or are you asking? You just it's just you're just part of a gang and. Yeah, they talked about it, but I in some ways you might not want to know what's coming. Someone didn't want to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, no, I understand. Yeah. They've been in the front line all those years. Yeah. Because they had been in the front line all those years, they were very experienced, yeah. if you can use that term. So we asked a few recruits. There's only a handful of us sent yeah. to Worthing. So do they purposely put you there because they want you to mix oh, yeah. so they can pick yeah. up? Well, they wanted recruits. They came back with it from Italy with gaps yeah. in their ranks, obviously. Yeah, obviously yeah. So when you get to Worthing, are you then assigned to... Yeah, you join crew. a crew. yeah. And then that is the crew. And that's, that's your Sherman. So that's your home. Introduced to your mobile yeah, home. That's your home. Yeah, yeah. your armoured caravan. I mean, we were in houses. We were all billeted in houses in Worthing, streets of houses. So we took over half of a housing estate sort of thing and the people had been moved out. Opposite where my billet was, people were living a normal life really? on the other nuts. side of the road. It's nuts, isn't it? So the, in their face was us. Yeah. <laughs> every morning. Mrs Jones's. Yeah, yeah, stamping our feet on yeah. the deck. And yeah. 
marching up and down the road. <laughs> so did that seem, you didn't, obviously you're doing a, a dirty job which they don't have to do, but do you... But they weren't speak, clean things. But do they speak, the people who are living opposite you, who oh, yes. do normalise oh, it, do they speak, speak to you? To and, you. Oh, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Yes, I think the people around that part of Worthing will remember us. We had a drill hall up the road where we had all our meals. That was a cookhouse. More jaundiced food. But that food was all right. That was it? Well, passable, you yeah, know. Yeah, passable, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, breakfast was burgoo. There was porridge with salt in it. In the Scotch regiment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My dad had salt in his yeah. box. Yeah, where's it? Yeah. It was horrible. So your daily routine was obviously a, a daytime routine. Well, it was a big tank park, big space based ground, and all of these Shermans were all in the tank park. So, so you had to work on them all day long. So when you say work on them, you're in them, driving them, operating yeah, them, looking well, at them. We knew. You got no inside out. We knew Normandy was coming, so they all had to be waterproofed. Oh, okay. So every nut and bolt. Underneath, on top, yeah. had to be waterproofed with a mastic. So we were doing that for months. So you were all doing that? Yeah, we were all doing so that. you were crawling all over the tank? And in the meantime, going up on the ranges, up on the South Downs, banging off a few rounds, you yeah. know, throwing a few hand grenades about. Yeah. <laughs> Seems so bonkers in quiet Sussex countryside, yeah. <laughs> I suppose you nothing don't think was quite about that all the time. Yeah, well, no, it's, don't suppose you would. It's par for the course, and it's you know, it's yeah, not, it's not routine. They routine becomes yeah. routine. Yeah. That's the weird thing about it, or it seems weird for me. Whatever you do, it just becomes part of your daily grind. It is, it's, it's your life. Yeah, it's your life. Yeah, it's your life. You've got no option or choices. You and do your it. Life is dependent on those other three people. Yeah, because so there's the, only four in ours. So the four people in your tank were. I don't know where they came from. They may have come from Richmond, the same as me. I don't know. Do you remember their names? My mate's name was Topper Brown. Topper Brown, yeah. Topper Brown. And uh, Nobby Clark came from Wimbledon. Uh, we had different tank commanders, of course. So your tank commander, obviously, is four of you in a, in a tank. Who's top dog in the tank? Is it a sergeant? The sergeant. So the sergeant in that tiny box with you. He was in charge of us, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was responsible for the vehicle. Yeah, and then Nobby was the gunner. Topper was the driver at the time. And you were the DR. I was in the radio, in the op operators. So you always did stick with the same crew. It didn't change for you. Only the tank commander. Yeah, that's so it. Nobby, Topper, and me. But because this regiment was so experienced, they wanted everybody in the crew to be trained up to do all everybody else's job. So I had to go on gunnery courses and more driving. Right. So, so more. out of those four people, are they all new recruits or, or half of them? No, no, no. So you're Joe, the new recruit. Tank commanders were probably in, in the army since they were 16 or so 17. The, so the sergeant guy? Yeah. He's a, a... They were all veterans. Signed up guy who's yeah, done it for a living. They were peacetime yeah. soldiers. That's why we, I feel we benefited, really. Well, at least you feel like someone who's They're got some experience, very yeah, experienced, yeah. 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 And they get good to be trained under. You were really trained properly, I suppose. So when do you go to the mainland Europe? Oh, June the 6th. The D-Day landings? Yeah, D-Day, yeah. 
So you're in the morning. So how far ahead of June the 6th do you know what you're doing on June the 6th? What and where you were going or...? Well, or that way. You're going that way, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're not going to tell you it's June the 6th, Oh, no. No, no. Yeah. the tank commander has the map. And, I mean, it's a big unit. There's 75 units, 75 Shermans in a regiment. 75? Yeah. In one... Three block. squadrons, A, B and C. And there's 25 Shermans in each. Yeah. Flash your headquarters. So you've probably got about 100... Germans, a regiment. 400 guys. So you're loaded into a ship? Onto a flat barge. Flat barge, so this is the morning morning of June the 6th? Yeah, morning of... Or no, earlier than that. Two days before. I think late on the 4th of June we went on the barge at Gospel. Yeah, and then we floated out over the channel for a couple of nights. It had five Shermans on it. That's a big old so barge. Plenty of weight. Yeah. Uh, the big barges and the Navy was in charge. So you were in charge of your own boat. The Navy was yeah. in charge. So you sitting in the tank, in a barge, on the ocean? Well, you could sit outside. <laughs> I mean, there, there were platforms on the side. Sure, the tanks were in a base of the barge yeah. and there were walking places beside where you could walk. But it wasn't a very nice couple of nights. It was a bad night. Yeah, we were all sick, of course. So when you get to the other side... It was just all bright lights and smoke, yeah. So obviously that flap goes down at the front of the boat and you... Yes, right, into, into the, the water. We had to go into the water, but it didn't come up too high. That's why we waterproofed. We Even the turret was waterproofed. And round the turret, was a, we'd laid a charge, mm-hmm. right, the explosive charge, and that was covered with a waterproof. So when we got onto the beach, the tank commander hit a button and it all flew off. So you could move the turret then. Oh, okay. Yeah. At the top of the turret, there's two, there were two exits in our turrets. Yeah. Some Shermans had two. Um, they were left open, of course. We didn't expect to go under that under, far. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The driver would just see water through his periscope, you know. When you're in the tank, yeah. The driver can see because he's got a periscope, but... Oh, yeah, we've all got periscopes. Oh, you've all got periscopes, yeah, so you all everybody know... everybody has periscopes. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. can you remember the smell in there? It must be quite diesely and oily and... Yeah, very oily, yeah. yeah. And then cordite, of course. Cordite, yeah. <laughs> so when you boats arrive, the flap's gone down, you're in the water, you're going up the beach. Yeah. So obviously things have gone before, as in... Yes, other people are already on the sand, on the sand dunes, so we made our way up into the sand dunes yeah. and... Uh, a rather extraordinary thing happened. The LCT, we were, that's a landing craft tank. We became separated somehow from the rest of the regiment and we finished up on the Canadian beach okay. and the rest of the regiment went down on the British beach somehow. How we got this, I don't know. Because <laughs> obviously you have radio contact. But yeah, I'm... I mean, you just knew the way forward was up on the sand dunes yeah. and up into the town. Or So the sergeant guy knows where you're ultimately going oh, yeah, to. He's he got a plan. And you just but do... then I'm on the radio, so I know what's going on, because that's my job, to yeah. pass on messages. Information, yeah. You know, it was all coming through my ears. Yeah. So it sounded quite chaotic? It did, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So suddenly you all... And at the same time... You've got to load the bloody boat gun. Yeah, shoot the thing. Shells this long. So you're all, yeah, so you're all doing... So I've got a machine gun to look after here, yeah. just beside my... So you're not only a DO, you're also shooting big yeah. shells, loader, machine gun, you're in a tiny little confined space. Yeah. Mm. Can you remember the first shot that got fired? No, not really. No, but you just 
It just becomes uh, part of your day after so that. So much noise and racket yeah. going on. Nuttiness going on, yeah. No, I don't know whether we had any targets at that stage. You're just getting up there, getting out of the water. Blasting houses and yeah. knocking buildings over. Yeah. <laughs> Demolition squad. Yeah. If you suspect somebody's in there, you... Shoot you, it. You let them have it. Yeah. <laughs> it's you, cruel, but it's Well, no, it's true. And that's the mad thing about well, it's it. you or him, isn't it? Yeah, it is, and that's, mm. that's the mad thing. But I don't know why it never even crossed my mind that you... Towards you. you always look so young. <laughs> I remember sitting at a table with you in a pub up here somewhere and I was reading a book about, I don't know, I think I was reading a book about maybe Stalingrad. And I think Helen just casually mentioned, oh, Dad was well, in they the were tank. worse than we were. And then and that's what I found that you'd driven us out. I just couldn't believe you'd been in the tank with you. I don't know why I found that so astounding, but it was just... Yeah, then you suddenly yeah. start rattling off your stories about the tank and it's... Yeah, just... see, the Russians had big open spaces, so they had big tank battles and they had the space to use their armour in big formations, whereas we couldn't in uh, normally. It was all country lanes, so you were creeping around hedgerows and, yeah. you know, it was pretty nerve-wracking at times. because yeah, obviously the Germans were there, but they were obviously retreating, but then you don't know... Yes. It's, for us, with the advantage of hindsight... People when they were retreating are very angry. Yeah, <laughs> angry and also probably mind and what you're going on. Oh, yeah, all plenty, sorts of, other things. plenty of minds, yeah. yeah. Put enough stuff in the ground, you can turn a Sherman over. And they used to put three on top, one, yeah. two, three, till the mines they were caught. So what's your... Obviously, your routine is no routine. You're just... It's no night and day anymore or breakfast, dinner no, and tea. it's just like... one. Yeah, it just becomes... You've got, you've got to keep where you could, yeah. sitting up usually, or bit of space on the floor, you lay down on the floor, had my legs sticking up. It's amazing what you can put up with, isn't it, as a human yeah. being? It's... Did you have a kettle in the tank? We had a heater. Uh, I mean, we had water, obviously. I mean, we had a big... We had food on that, had our own food on the back, so we had tins of food and butter and bread, you know, biscuits, yeah. Yeah. mostly. Bread would have gone off with the biscuits were all right. Meat and veg, pork and veg, yeah. <laughs> corned beef. So all those things we take for granted, you've just got all that on the tank somewhere. Yeah, it's in the bin on the back of the yeah. turret, big bin on the back. It's all stored in there. Cause obviously, so the sergeant guy is obviously in charge of who eats, when eats, what eats. and. Well, yeah, I mean, you eat when you get the chance. You've got to get out. Yeah, to get it, For example, it, yeah. and that's, so that's hazardous for a start. Yeah. So usually you waited until it was dark. And you had a yeah. bit more chance of getting out and crawling over the back. So when you first get out of that tank, it must be very nerve-wracking, I suppose, if you're in that... I oh know you, you said you were in there for, what, four years or something, man, was it? How long were you in that? Five and a half years. Five and a half years. By the time I came home, it was five and a half. Very five. experienced tank man by then. So when you're, you've gone up the beach and you... So, so what's that, 1945 you've gone up the beach? Is 44 on the beach. 44, yeah, so... Finished in 45, May 45. So you've got a whole year of you don't know what, where you're going, what, what's going to happen to you, no, you who you're going to see no, again, no, not don't. see again. No, it's a total lottery that no, you get to the end gone tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> That's, you know, could be. Well, no, it is a, it's a, For a it's, lot of people it's a it big was. could be, yeah. I, I was lucky. The worst part is when you see them get bruised up. You have to you watch that drive on. You know, yeah. five people gone down. yeah. So I remember you saying once you used to sleep under the tank sometimes. Oh, yes, we used to do a pit at night. If we were being relieved, because you got... Yeah, another squadron would relieve you, so you would come back a field or two. So you dig a bloody great hole and run the Sherman over top of it. So oh, you slept in, yeah. slept in the pit underneath. Yeah. It's the only time you got a good night's sleep. 
Did you go up to Holland? Oh, yeah. yeah. Arnhem side. There's two rivers. Well, there's the Rhine, and that breaks off into the Waal and the Rhine, and they come towards the coast across Holland. And Arnhem was on the bend, and at this side on the other river was a town called Nijmegen. There was an island in between the two rivers, and we got onto that island with the object of, of course, Arnhem. Yeah. But it didn't materialise. So we had to come back out of the river again. And I think the next place I finished up was um, down in the southeast corner of Holland, bordering on um, the Ardennes. And, you know, there was a big punch-up in the yeah. Ardennes yeah. with the Americans. Well, we were rather comfortable in a big barn at that stage of Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> and then we got the bloody Americans lost their bottle and the Germans started pushing them back. So uh, we had to mount up, and that's, that's the expression, mount up. So cavalry, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, all cavalry expressions, yeah. yeah. Troops and mount ups and, yeah. So when you, when you get to 1945, where are you at the end of the war? When, Germany. So in Germany? Yeah, well, we crossed into Rhine on my 21st birthday. We were shoved on barges and floated across the Rhine. This is the same tank you start with, this is the same tank you end with. Yeah, same one, yeah. Same four yeah. guys you start with, the same yeah. four guys you end same with. Same four are still there, yeah. yeah. Different tank commanders, but... Yeah, but same four they guys changed because yeah. they got a promotion or something. So when the war's ended and it's 45, and OK, the hostilities have ended, but you're still not coming home, you stay there? Oh, no, no. I was... Um, we found... eventually finished up on the Baltic coast with the Russians. They were in the town down the road and we were overlooking the town, and that's where it stopped, yeah. then us. That's, that's where it stayed stopped. There was a little town called Vismar, coastal village, fishing village, on the Baltic coast. So that's where it ended for you? <laughs> that's where it ended for us, yeah. So when you... When down, it, down tools. Down tools, so ultimately down tools. So how... Because it's not just down tools, you've got... There must be some demob malarkeys. How do you get back from there to the UK? Um, well, only on leave. yeah. Yeah, from there, you, you you become part of the furniture. Yeah. You move into a, yeah. the nearest town, which was Lubeck, and practically take over that town. Yeah. I mean, not only us, all, a lot of Everybody other regiments. Yeah. I mean, the paras were there. We, we used to give a lift to the paras, standing on the back, the back of the town. hanging on the back. But um, they were there, several regiments in the area, of course. And then, yeah. you know, the Russians were piled up there. We were piled up here, sort of thing. And uh, that became, eventually, it became the wall, yeah. dividing line. OK, between east and west. East and west, yeah. yeah. And we languid there for a, quite a few, several long weeks. And then we were moved up to the Danish border. Whole regiment were moved up to the Danish border in the winter. God, it was cold, bloody cold. Snow was as high as this bloody yeah. ceiling. Yeah. Where you're sitting and going in an unheated metal box yes, or sleeping on the yeah. tarp underneath Guard it. duties. Oh, no, we were in the barracks then. Oh, OK. But there was no heating in those barracks, yeah. I remember that. And you had to do guard duties outside with a fire. So you're out of the tank now and you're doing various army-ish things before you yeah, come doing, back home. Yeah, the tanks were there. Yeah. You still got all your armour in a car park, you know, yeah. all lined up. Still doing cleaning jobs on them, even though it doesn't amount to much. Yeah. So do you know when it's going to end, as in when you can go back to the station, as in the 
elephant and cars? No, from there we moved again down south to um, the Ruhr. Yeah, the German industrial Krefeld, which was a coal mining area. And there was another barracks there, it was German barracks, but of course they weren't there. So we took over their barracks. And there, I was there for quite a long time. And from there, we used to um, get in as many skives as possible. <laughs> and uh, we used to go on woodworking classes for about three weeks. You really? know? <laughs> and uh, heavy-duty lorry driving for a couple of weeks, you know, anything to get out of the barracks, mm. yeah, because it was just bull, bull. Well, I suppose the war's ended, isn't it? So they just, obviously, it doesn't end in you. Oh, yeah, we were just, you know... Jerry's were behaving themselves pretty yeah. well. So yeah. when did you finally get home to London? June 45. Yeah. 47. June 47. Yeah. So when you get home in June 47, are you then out of the army? So at what point yeah. do you finally wave goodbye to it? June yeah. 47. So yeah, get my trade pinstripe suit and a trilby hat. You, you do not suit? Lost. Yeah. So when you get home, are you going back to your mum and dad's... Yeah. So, again, that's an, a weird experience. It's happened by old mates again, if they survived. Because obviously your brother didn't survive, I know that. No, he didn't. Uh, he finished up in the, in the Burma Railway. Uh, when did you realise he wasn't coming back? Did you, did you know when you got home? Did you know already? So you didn't know... No contact from them at all. No contact. The Japanese didn't allow any contact. Yeah. Didn't allow any Red Cross. They just butchered people. So your mum and dad just waited, waited, waited. I know from uh, when I got home... There was a bloke there named Frank Hardy and he was a survivor from the camp and he was just like a bag of bones, suffering from diarrhoea and dysentery and beriberi, you know, he hadn't got over it, still under the hospital. But he buried my brother. So at least he knew what had happened? He knew, yeah, he knew. So that was a guy he'd known... Did you know him before? We didn't know him before that. he turned up? No, he was just on the same unit as my brother. I was training... And on the same boat, the fatal boat, got landed them in Singapore. Japanese were on the quayside when they got there. And this bloody country didn't turn that boat round. And how did your mum and dad cope with that? How did you cope with that system? Well, they didn't know until the end of the war where he was. The army couldn't tell them. And letters that they wrote all came back. So at least you had the Frank Hardy story and you knew... We knew. I knew what yeah. had happened to him, yeah. And it's shocking probably seeing him like that. I think shocking. your brother would have looked like that. In fact, he's glad sometimes he's probably better he didn't survive a vile treatment. Mm. I suppose he was four years ahead of you? Yeah. He was 40, caught up in 40, because he was 20 years old. Yeah. He was 20 in the beginning, you see. And you know, it came down to 18. So when your mum and dad realised James had gone, did they get anything, any...? I don't think they got a... Well, I'll say I don't think they got anything. I never saw anything or heard anything. So compensation, no, you mean? Yeah, anything at all. I don't think the Japanese ever paid compensation. Uh, so nothing at all. It was very bad. And I don't think for... I don't know what reasons they didn't pursue it. Political, I suspect. It's probably. And yeah, 17,000 people went down on that railway. One for every sleeper, they used to say. Mm. Yeah, they're terrible. Yeah. All something? we got was a photograph of a wooden cross. So that's all you got? <laughs> that's all we got. Not now. Yeah. 
Because Claire went in the end, didn't she? She found She it. did. Yeah. She looked for it, but she didn't find oh, it. She didn't find it. No. I thought she found it for some reason. No. no the people who found it were, um, do you remember Jeff Hodgson? Yeah, Carol. Carol. Yeah, Carol, yeah. And uh, two others. Yeah. They cycled to Australia. Yeah. And on their way, when they got to Thailand, okay. they took time off to go up country to the border with Burma. Okay, and they found, and they found the cemetery. <coughs> and I've got photographs of my brother's His tombstone. Oh, really? So, so there is something there, at least, so... But the, yeah, well, they moved the bodies from the track and put them in the proper cemetery, yeah. like you see in France. Yeah, yeah properly okay. laid out, properly tended. Mm. And identified as well. Yes. Oh, yes, they got there in stone. Like a flat stone from the yeah. ground. The, the people, local people, tend to look after yeah. them. Well, it's the Wargrave Commission. That's their job to see yeah. people do look after them. But, uh, so at least you've seen a photograph of it. Oh, I've got several photographs of it taken. Of so your grave, mum and dad would have never known where that was or. Cashton Bureau. Cashton Bureau, named like that, same, looks like that. Border of Burma yeah. and Thailand. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Sad. Yeah. Sad for lots of people. Didn't deserve that, of course, like many of the others. But, I mean, the awful part of this, Tim, was they knew that boat was approaching Singapore and they knew Singapore was going down. Occupied. And all those boats were going in the bag, thousands of them, just going straight into prison camps. But there were half of them, or a lot, and roughly half of them were Aussies, so they were all in the same boat. Literally. But if you really want the down-to-earth story of that railway, you ask an Aussie. They kept it in, you know, tickety-boo. You don't get it much here. No, I it's... mean, the fact that they did a little while ago showed a bit of the railway track, didn't they? That yeah. that celebration we had a little oh, while ago. 75th or whatever it was, or...? Yeah. They had a bit of the railway track they bought and laid it out. On the... And they made some sort of semblance of... Recognition. Recognition, yeah. Mm. Yeah. So you get back, you go weirdly back to Elephant and Castle? Tube um, station? Booking office? No, I think I went back to Waterloo. Oh. Yeah, Waterloo. I went, well, my father was a senior clerk there then. Back and forth, forwards to Waterloo? There seven different shifts. Yeah, back on your bike? Yeah, back on the bike, yeah. yeah. Well, I used my bike, of course, a lot. You have blisters. used your bike a lot then, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I used my bike a lot. After the war, I met up with my mate, Brogan, Len Brogan. He had a bike. So, so where's Len Brogan from? New Cross. Oh, he's from New Cross. So he's a mate you've known for yeah, years. Yeah, I knew him before the war. We okay. were in the school together. OK. So what happened to Len Brogan in the end? He was in the RAF. Was and he? He was out in Mediterranean somewhere. Yeah. So he obviously survived and got back and he... He got back all right. He, got, yeah. he was back in the office as well? Not in, not in my job, no. He oh. went in the Midland Bank. Oh, OK. He was in the Midland Bank, so... We used to, I used to go down to his house and yeah. he used to come up to mine, you know, we were just good mates. Yeah. And that's what helps prop it all up in a way, good mates. And then, mates. of course, we joined the club. Yeah, cycling club. Or rejoined the club. The cycling, cycling club. club. So yeah. what cycling club? So that was St Christopher's. Oh, of course, yes, St Christopher's, yeah. I don't know why I forget that. And the Polly. I joined the Polly as well. Yeah. Remember the Polly? Yeah, I remember the Polly, yeah. Yeah, yeah there was quite a few in the Polly. So in a way, it's a nice, peaceful existence now. You've got a job. Yes, it was. Job. I mean, it was yeah. all pleasant. Yeah, so anything's pleasant. Club runs it? and club yeah. dinners. And yeah. So obviously, yeah. But obviously... We used to go all over the place. I mean, I went to... Um, 
I went to the Alps in 1950. On a, on a on bike? On a tour, yeah. And then I went again in 1952. Same place, more or less, you know, in the Alps. So you're racing now? Yeah, apart from going to work every day. Yeah. Same job, different shifts. So I had to give... Sunday work was always paid at a different rate, so time should. and three quarters. But you could get somebody else to do your Sunday for you if you wanted to. Yeah. There was always blokes ready to work Sundays for the extra cash. So I used to get rid of my Sundays and go racing. You could only ride at the weekend. Couldn't ride during yeah. the week. Not much. So where were you racing? Do you remember now? Time trials? Oh, yeah. yeah. Until 1952, and then I joined the BLRC. Which is the British League of Race and Cyclists. Racing Cyclists. Yeah. Which was a, an unlawful body. <laughs> Lawbreaker. Because <laughs> that, was, that was like mass start racing, was it? Was like road it racing was, today. It was road racing. It's frowned upon. And it was started in Wolverhampton by Percy Stallard. And they grew. I mean, they had races on the road during the war and they were escorted by police. You know, it was fantastic. I didn't ride any of those, obviously, but... You did road race though, didn't you? I did after the war, joined them, yeah. yeah. And because we joined the rival body, we were kicked out of St Christmas. Oh, really? <laughs> so, oh, OK, you were kicked Couldn't out. Couldn't belong to an NCU club. Which is the National Scientist Union? Yeah, you couldn't belong to both. I mean, there was a war. Yeah, was it? A polite war, but there was well, a no, war. Cause I always felt like the road racing was always at odds with the time. So it was never a, a genteel well, mix. It was going but, properly. Road racing was going then, wasn't it? Yeah, and yeah, no, I enjoyed road racing. It was you know, in a big gang of... You can chat, you can yeah, lark about. Right, yeah. Yeah, you punish people. Yeah. You could see them being punished. You could yeah. get punished. Bunches of 200 on a... Well, yeah, it's... it's it was, circus. Yeah, I it. loved it. I remember riding at Brands Hatch in, I don't know... Yeah, how old were you? Mid-80s, yeah, maybe... used to go after, didn't yeah, 180 we? people in a, in a crowd is a yeah. good feeling, yeah. Yes. So you were doing that in the 50s and 60s, maybe, as in road so racing? We were getting onto the road. If you were in a league, you, you could ride on the road and we used to have a lot of evening events. So can you remember what bike you had? I had a French bike called Heliot and it had a nice little blonde on the front. Yeah? <laughs> so funny, isn't it? The badge on the front, was I had other bikes as well. Yeah. I had track bikes as well. Yeah. Because I lived near Herne Hill. Yeah, I can say Herne Hill's... Tackle was near Herne yeah. Hill. So I used to take my track bike round to the track, spend the morning around there and then go to work in the afternoon. Yeah. And I was the only one on the track very often, yeah. So when did you meet Teresa? 1956. 56. So what class? She she's also a cyclist, wasn't she? Yes, she was already. She was already in the West Kent um, yeah. DA Association Cycling. I was 34 and she was 17. Raised a few eyebrows. She was telling me the other day, she knocked at my door and my old man opened the door and said, what do you want? I want your Len! <laughs> she still reminds me of that. That's so funny, isn't it? Yeah. They were worried, I mean, 17 years between us. Yeah, that's... It's not normal, is it? It's not normal, but I think things weren't normal for such a long time. No. And then I think they're glad you've met somebody. Well, it's more likely to happen now than well, yeah. in those days. yeah. So, so Teresa comes around to find you. So obviously you, you get together. She came out, she heard the club, you know, she heard about St Christopher. So she came out on a run. I knew she was there. I mean, she was just another member. Then her father came out on a club run one day. Yeah. And uh, 
wanted to suss us out whether we were good enough for his... <laughs> I always say he came out to find out if we were good enough for his daughter. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, of course, she's a, quite a well-experienced cyclist by this time. Yeah. She's been 14 or 15. She was riding with the West Kents in the junior sections. So, um, Shoreham in Kent, that's where I met her father. You got the stamp of approval? She could join a club. <clears throat> and then I was sort of racing secretary, of course. So she offered to help. Could I be of any assistance? So I said, of course you could. And uh, as it went on, all the tours we went on, and, yeah. So when did you get married? 19... Or 59. 59, yeah, 1959, 59, yeah. 59. Because when was Simon born? 60. 1960, OK. Yeah, yeah. December 60. Yeah, OK. So when Simon arrives in 1960, do you still stay in the two rooms or...? No, we were moved to... Um, got a house in Hawley in Surrey, just north of Gatwick Airport. So it's your first move out of Peckham? That's our first house. So you bought yeah. a house? Yeah, we bought a house. Can you remember how much? It was about 9,000, I think. See, so weird, 9,000, yeah. yeah. But I suppose for you, that seems a lot of Eight money. 9,000. A lot of money, I suppose. And I withdrew... To pay for it, to get the bound payment, I withdrew my pension from the railways, cancelled it and started again to pay for the... In a way, it's a good move, it gets you a house, you bought somewhere. Get my house, yeah. you wanted that much money, so many hundreds of pounds. Why did you choose Hawley, just affordable? Well, they were, they were all new houses, built by Crowdace, good design, reasonable design, had the bedrooms, yeah. three bedrooms, and uh, it was a small estate behind a pub, her hallway, okay, just so, off the main road. So Theresa stopped working? She's looking after Simon? She stopped working, yeah, yes. And then Helen must have turned up in 1960... Oh, Helen was 62. 62, yeah, because she's a year older than me. So you stayed in Hawley? So had Helen in Hawley? No, we moved out of Hawley to Ashford in Kent. Philip was born in Hawley, just. Yeah. And uh, Claire was born in Ashford. So when you... You retired in Kent, but then you... Moved up here, we're now... Lamberdine, up the north of the county. Yeah, that was it. You had a place, that had a field at the back of it, I remember. Yeah, side of us, yeah. Side of the field, yeah. So when did you move to Lem up here, Lamberdine? Was, yeah. was it in the 90s or...? The year Simon died, I was in the country, and that was 93. Yes. So was it 1988? It can't have been 1988. Yes, we were in Lamberdine quite a few years. And now we've been up here 14 years. Yeah, so it must have been 1988. Yeah, it must have been 1988. Yeah. Yeah. And he had a very unfortunate accident, didn't he? Not an accident, an idiot, an, another idiot driver, when Simon met his end in 93 on his bike. So, oh, yes, I mean, when he, was, he's, when he died, you mean? Died, killed by the postman. Oh, yes, yeah. uh, yes. Straight on, face, oh. wrong side of the road. Yeah, pissed up. Yeah. Cans of beer floating around at the bottom of his postman, yeah. yeah. He'd already hit another car. Yeah, and then he ran off as well, didn't he? And he also hit a wall on somebody else's house. And he was like that every morning, evidently. They used to have to get him out of bed to get him to work. Yeah. It's a shocking and he thing. was allowed... I mean, I think the post office was at fault. They must be. They, they should have yeah, been. You can't not see that. You'd smell that on someone, let alone. Couldn't get our solicitors to tackle that. We wouldn't That's take it on. 
Wouldn't take on the post office. I was out of the country then, and I didn't realise how... I think Clive got really pissed off and got really... Yeah, well, he was had a very, very narrow escape. Clive was raging about it. Just threw himself to one side, and the van came straight out and caught Simon. Yeah, it's a shocking thing. So, for you, that's a bit like your mum and dad's. Yeah. Lose James, you've unfortunately lost your eldest it's as well. Real trauma. No, it's, you shouldn't be burying your kids, yeah. So yeah. no, you shouldn't have to bury your kids. So when you got that, can you remember you got that horrible phone call? And I can't imagine what you'd feel. I was at home in Lambertine. Yeah. Phil had been with them. Oh, Phil was there as well. He was on the run. Oh, and Phil had left them earlier to come home a different way. <laughs> okay. Right, and uh, he missed it, fortunately. Okay. But there was another chap from uh, Ludlow with them. So there were three of them left out of four, and uh, Clive and this other lad managed to throw themselves in the ditch, but Simon couldn't move. Disturbing. Too too late, Simon. The only thing was it was, I'd say, instant. It was quite a big impact, wasn't it? It was a big impact, yes. It practically destroyed him from his head downwards. Sort of, uh, of, I mean, he was tearing, and then he ran into the gate, into a field, yeah. And ran away, of course, like a lot of them do. But it went on for over a year before we got him into the court. It took a year and more, and he pleaded. He kept on pleading he was not guilty. I mean, how could you do that? You do that, yeah. Yeah. They shouldn't have taken any notice of him, should they? No, they shouldn't take any notice yeah. at all. It was cut and dry, yeah. just all. Cut and dry. And they turned around and said, well, he could have ten years. Yeah. So, yeah, slightly, you know, yeah. hope so. He was out after a year and a half, we heard. Three years. And probably back on the booze and driving the van again. Yeah, I expect so. Drunk again, I expect. Yeah. So after that, you were still in Lentmordine after yes, Simon? Yeah, still in Lentmordine yeah. until 07. 07, then you came here. Came here. Been here ever since. Yeah, yeah. I think we get carried out from here. <laughs> yeah, well, it's sort of weird that you come from Peckham to York Hill. It's a big, long trip. It's a long trip. Yeah, yeah, through Europe in a tank, yeah, yeah. into the railways. Yeah, it's a, a big, long trek. Some of the war things, it's a... And I can't yeah, imagine... I mean, that was a nasty it, period. Yeah. yeah. The fact that you've talked about when Just you start... Just nobody else has to go through it. Well, no, that's, yeah, that's the thing, yeah. So, so I bet your dad had already been through that. He's already he's been thinking, through it, He's thinking, oh, my yeah. God, what's Lennon James got? And then... James. Yeah, and it's... Yeah, and... So they must have been terrified because they knew what was coming. Yeah. I don't know how my brother felt. I mean, he shoved in that prison camp. Oh, no, but then... No food. Yeah. Or hardly any food. They all went down to about seven stone. Yeah. Frank Hardy was seven stone when he... The, the only upside home. he would have been with other people like he him. Was, he was a good 14 when he was yeah. in the army. 14 stone. Unbelievable. So he's half your body weight. Yeah, it's a mad thing. Yeah. And that's why, it's, you know, you live to tell the tale. It's quite nice to hear the tale because it, it's a... It's a warning in a way, I think it's, it's not nice. You were very lucky, sir. It's over. It is over, yeah. Mm. Right. Thank yeah, you very, very much. much. Yeah. Thank you.